You know, life is busy, but so is Satan. This is 5 Minutes in Coffee, brought to you by The Christian Strain. My name is Jerry, and I'd like to spend 5 awesome minutes discussing the inspired Word of God. How do you like your coffee? Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of 5 Minutes in Coffee. Today I have a bonus episode for you where I and a guest discuss our relationship with God. His name is Abraham Torres, and he has a Christian podcast called He Was Always There. So be sure to check out his podcast, and please have a listen to our conversation. And let's get started now. So I just wanted to introduce Abraham Torres. Um, He has a Christian podcast, and we decided to connect, and that way you can hear different voices, and hopefully you can glean something from what we discussed. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, how how anyone who wants to hear you can find you, go ahead and... Um, let our listeners know. Uh, hey, everyone. Again, uh, my name's Abraham Torres. Um, it's an honor to be on this show with uh, with Jerry. I feel honored. I thank God for this opportunity. Um, if you guys want to find me on Facebook, you can search for me at Abraham Torres. Um, also, I have a page. Uh, he Was Always There is my podcast, and you can find that also on any podcast platform, um, Apple, iHeart, uh, Spotify, and uh, Hope to see you guys on that side as well. All right. Sounds good. And for those of you who may be listening on Abraham's podcast, my name is Jerry. My podcast is Five Minutes in Coffee. Um, You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Christian Strength. That's uh, what I operate under. And I look forward to meeting many of you, and I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Awesome. So I'll start with you. How would you define? find that evolution of your walk with Christ? How did it begin? Where are you and what do you think? Uh, well, I was honored uh, and blessed, I guess you could say, to be born in church. My parents were already, uh, my dad was a de- deacon at a Hispanic church and my mom was a treasurer. So I was um, born in to all that. You know, I see it as a, as a blessing, but at, at a very young age, not having the opportunity, I guess, to decide stuff for myself, I guess, made it difficult in the long run because, you know, you're just born into that. That's all you know. And um, that's just how I was brought into church, I guess you could say, to answer that question. And what has changed for you along the way? I think one of the main things was, and just to kind of touch what I just said a while ago, was um, I feel like for my life up until I was about 22. Right now I'm 30. I'm 31. Well, actually I turned 31 in July, but um, I think for the majority of my life until I was about, I want to say 22, um, I felt like I never believed in Christ because of myself. I felt like I believed because of my parents. Now I didn't think God didn't exist. Now, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is I feel like a lot of stuff that I learned was just kind of just thrown on me that, hey, you believe this because it's what they said, or we go to church on Sunday, or, you know, uh, just all these things that I was taught. And I never really fell in love with Christ for myself. So I feel like I what I've learned um, in that transition was to love God for me. Everything that I read in the Bible, I wanted to believe because of me. 
not because somebody told me it's like class, like school. Um, you know, a lot of people believe in science. A lot of people believed in the history and because the teacher told them now I can believe everything they say, or I can go back and actually study and believe it for myself. And it's just like anything. And I think that was one of the main things that, that I've learned throughout my life as far as Christianity goes. And, and I know their intentions weren't bad or weren't wrong. I think they wanted the best for me, but I think a lot of, uh, what I I don't think parents realize is, you know, that you have to kind of let your, your kids just fall in love with God, not, not fall in love or be afraid of them. Cause uh, you see, you have to understand I was mostly afraid of my parents. I was afraid to do the wrong thing because I was afraid I was going to get punished by them. You know, I never was afraid of, oh, the fear of God. Does that make sense? It does. So that's what I was, that's what I was afraid of. And, and I had to change that mentality. I wanted to fear Christ himself. I wanted to, hey, if I did something wrong, I wanted my subconscious, my my that spirit in me to be like, hey, that's not right. And not so much like, oh, your parents are going to be pissed because that's not really loving God. I think I was just doing it for them, you know? So that's, that's something that I had to learn along later in life. It's like God goes from being your distant uncle who you've never met, you know, you know, 20 times removed. And then all of a sudden God becomes your father. And I, I you know, I, that's probably going to be a consistent theme with, with many Christians is at what point do you participate in your relationship with God? Right. You know, and once that participation begins, you know, um, that's when it, it gets real. Cause you know, my story is very, it's not the same, but it's still similar, you know, until I, develop my relationship it was just a relative that said hey you should call me you know right all right god i'll call you you know (laughs) know, yeah i'll text you i'll send you a card or something right 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 you know um you know just thinking about that my my um walk was very similar um raising a single home my dad passed when i was young so my mother brought me to church and i would go with her but like it was the same thing, you know. I went because I had to. After a while, I started going to different churches. You know, as long as I was going to church, my mom was fine. And I, I went to one place, and I just did not agree with the doctrine, because even at that time, I was still in high school. I wasn't, I wasn't reading the Bible at that point. But sometimes you can just hear something that just doesn't sound right. So what ended up happening is I didn't go to church my freshman year of college, and um, I'm 33 right now. I don't know. All these years are just blending together. <laughs> and I just I still remember my freshman year in college every Sunday morning I still woke up early and at some point I was just like you know what I gotta go to church so I started going again but what was actually different is you know my relationship with Christ grew once I went to college because I was a science major and it was weird you know we were learning all these evolution evolution um, ideas of evolution, but the more we dug into those concepts, the more they echoed the themes of God, and it didn't agree with what evolution was teaching, and it, it just was blowing my mind how much science I was learning that was in the Bible, and I was like, wait a minute, and I had made it a point to start studying at that point, and then it was like, wow, God is real. That's one of the ways that I learned the way Satan works, is he gives you just enough truth to believe him, and then he throws lies in there, you know, so, and that it's weird, you know, evolution is what brought me closer to God, because once I learned the the details of evolution 
and how it works and those things. And that's funny you you mentioned that evolution because uh, I had I had a you know youth group. I feel like is something that marks my life because if it wasn't for youth group and you know trips and camps, I feel like I wouldn't lo- know a lot of things or felt you know the Holy Holy Spirit a lot. But um, I had a lot of friends in that circle, and I think when we grew up. Like I said, around that time when I'm telling you I had to think for myself or, you know, believe for myself, a lot of them started drifting off because they started reading things like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of a book, uh, I think it's called like the Jesus that never was. In other words, it's trying to explain how Jesus really never existed. So therefore, Christianity is false, you know, and then a lot of them just started reading stuff like that. So these friends that I grew up with in church now have their own mentality of like, oh, it he doesn't exist. Like, you know, one believes in the um, evolution of things, one, you know, atheist, and just, uh, we can talk about it all day, but I, um, so I kind of dabbled in a little bit of like, not so much, I guess, questioning, but I, I'm like you, I, I feel like things didn't make sense. I kind of just kept going back to what the Bible said and, and a lot of stuff that they were trying to prove that, you know, that God didn't exist was just to me like, man, that's just kind of proven him right, uh, you know, and, and it was kind of like that aha moment. It's just him revealing himself to me. And it's when I fell in love even more and be like, man, you you are real. And I know it's not so much what my parents are saying, but it's like I have this relationship with you. Yeah. And, and I. And because my faith has increased in God so much, I actually look forward to reading those things that try to go against his nature. Because in my mind, if God is who he says he is, he is all knowing, then I believe that he'd welcome that challenge to someone challenging his existence. So, you know, I read it and I read it open mindedly so I can understand what the arguments is. Because at one point you got to know what the people are going to say against your God so you can have an answer. And at the other point, you still have to make sure that there is no doubt in your mind that the God you are serving is real. And right. um, I just remember just different professors, like I, this line, I will never forget. It was in a, one of my science classes. And one of my professors, he said, you know, we weren't around a hundred million years ago, so we don't know what happened, but we do know this. And I remember just sitting there like, well, how do you know? <laughs> You're just telling me you don't know. And now you're telling me that you know. And um, just to go out into an example, um, I had a professor, Dr. Chai, this man was brilliant. He'd even tell you, he was like, I'm one of the top nine smartest people in the world. And um, he he made it, he pointed out something very interesting to me, which is, you know, when I started to begin to realize that, okay, you know, the devil really is in the details. And he said, um, you know, how many people think that we come from chimpanzees? And I'm paraphrasing. And, you know, he was like, it's 1% different, right? Like it's just one percent, so we had to come from chimpanzees, right? Well, I, I, actually, I ask you this question: You know, would you would you rather pay taxes one percent of a dollar or one percent of the national debt? Oh, a dollar, right? You know, so and that was his point that when someone says one percent, you need to understand what that one percent. And I don't remember the number specifically, but a one percent difference in humans and uh, chimpanzees is thirty million. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a thirty million difference, so. It's not this tiny 1%. And, you know, he went on to say is, I don't know what you believe in. You can believe in aliens. You can believe in God. But we didn't come from monkeys. And it just blew my mind. And, you know, so it was just the constant confirmation of those things. 
So now when I read or even online, I love reading the Your God Doesn't Exist because I find it enjoyable. You know, it's it's a bit entertaining. Right. But it's, you know, my God is real, you know. Amen. And I don't think we discuss this. Are you married or children or anything? Yeah, I'm married. No kids. I've been married for eight years. Man, you living a good life, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, we say that all the time. And uh, I mean, if it's in God's plans, I think we've we've been enjoying our marriage. Honestly, I would on I would recommend that to anybody listening to just enjoy each other, get to know each other as much as you can, build that foundation, you know, with Christ in between you guys. But we 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 love traveling. We do. We love traveling and uh, and just get to know all these places, wonderful places that, you know, people rarely see. Yeah, I agree with you. I love my kids. I love my kids like crazy. Once you have children, you can never not think about them again. That's the craziest part about having my kids. They are constantly on your mind. And I didn't know that before then. So I always joke that you live in your best life when you don't have them. <laughs> but it's, you know, the reason why I ask in terms of marriage and family is because, because of my relationship with Christ and God, my marriage is just different. I am different. Because I recognize I'm dating God's daughter. And I have a daughter. And I'm absolutely crazy about that girl. I will do anything. And I just think about, man, if I were to make God's daughter angry, you know, I wonder how he's going to feel about me today. You know, it, it changes that entire perspective of, you know, how the approach to marriage, what that does for you. And I didn't know this going into my relationship with God that, you know, he was going to lay out a foundation for everything. But Yeah. And I agree. Um the way I see it is everybody in this world is capable of doing something. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for Christ, everybody's capable of cheating, murderers. I mean, if you can think of the worst or whatever, theft. But if it wasn't for his grace, if it wasn't for him being abiding in us, if, you know, filling our thoughts with him, us just connecting with him. And if it wasn't for that, I mean, we're capable of anything. But I agree with you that because of God being in the center of our relationship, I mean, that just changes the concept, changes things, how I think, how I act towards her, how I know she acts towards me. And if one day God, you know, allows us to have kids and as far as a father figure as well, just like you said, your perspective on it. And, and that's, that's really good. One of the things that's interesting to me and, and I, and I wouldn't ever mean it as disrespect, but just the way my life has gone, I just don't feel like it should have gone that way. I feel like being married to one person, having all my children with one person being in the same home. You know, it's just because it wasn't something that I necessarily experienced. It's just like God really does you know, fill your heart with love and give you things that you are just not aware of. It's, And I think it's that commitment to do good, regardless of what comes upon you, is what makes people afraid to pursue that relationship with God. But even in the way you describe your marriage, I would as well. It's like the benefits far outweigh the fear mm -hmm. of a potential relationship. You know, having a relationship with God makes you do things in your marriage that you probably wouldn't do, you know, because it is easy when people see that you are married and you have a relationship with God. It's almost like, wow, even though he's married, I'd rather be with him. You know, those temptations come in because oh, people yeah. see stable. And it's just like, look, man, basically, you don't want to be in God's presence. And his voice sounds like thunder. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ma'am, you are not worth it. <laughs> I'm good. This is his daughter, you know, but it's, right. it's, it's that level of fear that 
that level of love, that level of respect and commitment that drives you to make decisions that you wouldn't make. But what you, what I often don't understand is when you reap decisions of the blessings of them, it's just kind of like, I'm doing this because God told me to. Amen. And that can go on the bad side too. And that's if, I mean, bad decisions, you reap what you sow, you know, and if you're doing bad, the consequences can be just as bad as well. I am happy to hear that. I love to hear people who love God with happy marriages and, you know, who are, because, you know, nowadays things are just different. You know, you talk to get yours to do this. And it's almost like this world is moving in a materialistic way. I guess it's always been that way. So it's good to hear that, you know, yeah. your priorities are in order. Oh, yeah. And especially uh, coming from a Hispanic family, um, you have what society says, of course, these days. Then the other layer is like, well, you know, Hispanics or Mexicans growing up, uh, the man is the man of the house, you know, what he says goes. And it, so you have that. And then, you know, people just have it backwards. I think it's really God should be that number one and nothing else after that, because it's just like without God, you know, there's, there's no love and understanding on how to treat not only your wife, but other people. So I think it's a big thing that people a lot of people are not seeing clearly, especially with everything going on these days. You know? It's it's hard to describe a relationship that solves everything. You know, sometimes we, you know, when we're looking for relationships, we're looking for someone to solve all of our problems. But it's like, man, if you just pick up the Bible and read it and engage that relationship, that's what you need first. And that'll take care of your needs in terms of a relationship. From a logical perspective of within this world, this physical realm, it doesn't make sense, you know, like God doesn't make sense in the short term. He asks you to have faith. It doesn't make sense. You should live with your spouse and do this. You need to try before you buy. Whereas God will say, have faith. And then as you have faith in him, you learn to lean on him. You have him to carry you through those dark times because you learn to have faith from the very beginning. But initially, if you don't have that relationship with God, things like that, it just does not make sense. Right. Amen. Amen. But, you know, I, I am I'm, I'm definitely happy to hear where you're going. I'm definitely also happy to know that there are many other Christian podcasts because, you know, when we uh, linked up on Facebook, I, I was expecting like two comments, which is why I replied to you so fast. I'm like, all right, good. I got one. Um, it's like 55 comments. It, it made me feel like um, when Elijah when Elijah was like, you know, I'm just going to kill myself. I'm the last one left. And then God was like, what? I have all these prophets who haven't bowed the bell, you know, and, and it made me feel like, man, I'm the only Christian right. podcast over here. Cause I had been trying for a while. So I'm, I'm definitely right. glad that you reached out. I'm definitely glad we got to connect, but man, God is good. Yeah, he is. And he, I mean, he'll, he'll provide, he'll provide. And I was honestly, cause I had, I had a post too. I don't, you know, especially on that website where you can promote and, you know, invite guests. Well, I, I did mine and invited some guests at one point. I think I got about three replies. So I'm like, man, there can't be only three, you know. Then when I saw you post, all them people, I'm like, well, I guess they're all Christian-based, but they have their own message, you know. Yeah, and that's what I like about it, I think. It's just it's awesome to see that. And I'm I'm down for it, man, if we can spread. It's just what we need. Um, yeah. My heart breaks just thinking about it right now, just what – what's just going on it's just this world and and i can see it i see it every day with co-workers people at stores just you know you can just tell when somebody's just doesn't have it 
just doesn't have that love for Christ. They're just can tell their life is just destroyed and you know, and all they need is just that touch. And I feel like I this is one method to do it. I, I definitely agree. And this is, you know what, this is actually another situation to where if you would try God, understand his love, but to people, it doesn't make sense. No, we need to fight. We need to do this. We need to assert ourselves. But if you were to try God and try love, it's fun. Like, wow, this is much easier. Right. You know, it. God doesn't make sense in this world because he's bigger than this world. But you, you hit the nail right on the head. If we were to turn to Christ, everybody, both sides of every single political argument, especially politics, mm. those issues would go away. So I, I totally agree with you there. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as people are living their selfish lives and like you said, I mean, his thoughts are higher than mine. And if I'm thinking with my head, we're never going to settle anything, honestly. But if we thought with his, you know, the way he thinks, I think. And I think just think, you know, talking about what we were talking about earlier about, you know, evolution and stuff. I feel like a lot of people try to use the Bible as a scientific book to prove the, you know, to me, it's more of the Bible is like this manual on how to live, right? Of course, there's a lot of information there and stuff, but I think it just gives us all the key things we need to marriage, kids, how to treat others, our neighbors, our, you know, just love in general. And, and I think it's just people are missing out. They're trying to find things that aren't important sometimes, you know? I, I, I totally agree. I think I've, I've heard it said Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. And a lot of times we find ourselves in these predicaments. And I would like to say that these are penalties. God gave you the rules of this life and you went against the rules. So now you have a penalty. You have a setback. I, I totally agree with you know what you were saying in that regard. Going back to what we were saying earlier, I think what has made the Bible the living word is the way that the Bible consistently changes as I age. When I initially read it as a single young man, a single man struggles, I caught certain glimpses of the Bible. And then as I entered marriage, other parts of the Bible began to make sense. And I began to understand differently. And now with children and having to be the head of the home, you know, as God will command and these different things. And it's just like, wow, as I get older, this Bible is changing for me. It's evolving. And I'm now reading things that I've read a thousand times, but never understood. But now that I'm older, it's like, oh, okay. You know, now I get it. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I can agree. Because as a kid, when we were coloring those color books with David and Goliath, I mean, it's different, you know, actually living it and going through a situation like that now. And, you know, like, Goliath don't look nine foot no more. You know, Goliath is, you know, working through issues within your marriage, working through issues on your job, make trying to make smart decisions, dealing with setbacks. These are different kind of Goliaths. So it's it's just like, oh, OK, you know, now I understand why. David felt like this. Now I understand why this happened. And I told my wife this, with everything that's going on in the world, I'm glad I don't have to be God to, you know, have to judge the people of this world, you know, judge the hearts and those different things. Because the lives of everyone and the issues in the world and the this and the that, the things that we can't see with our human eyes, I'm just happy it doesn't have to be me. Amen to that. I'd mess this world up, man. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm not God. I think I'll blew the earth up after he bit that apple. <laughs> I'm done, <sorry>, man. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. 
it all up, you know, but that's just God's love and his long suffering and you know how patient he is with us. So awesome. Praise God. Amen. God. Amen. <laughs> so I, I think that's a good note to end there. And you know, I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. And I'm you know, I'll be praying for you and your wife, and I look forward to the day you have kids, man. Nah, I'll, you'll be the first to know. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, ask you for some tips. I'll give them to you. I appreciate it. First tip, get all the sleep you can. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, it, it was a pleasure um, chatting with you, and um, I would urge all of you to go ahead and listen to his podcast. It was great chatting with you, and, you know, have a great and safe night. We've run out of time for this episode, but there is always time to please God. Stay connected with me. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Christian Strength. And we might just find time for another five minutes in coffee.